Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. So good morning. How's everybody doing? i got to move a couple things out of the way here quick and grab my, my iPad. Um, we have been in this fun series, Things You Can't Talk About in Church or You Can't Say That in Church. And uh, we've been talking about a few different things that you really can't say in church. And uh, if you've missed it the first couple weeks, I want to just say that um, there, are, there are two things that we looked at. One was we looked at doubt the first week. We always talk, we always hear pastors in the church, what do they talk about? They talk about faith, you got to have the faith, man. Some of you got some serious faith today, all right, at about 5.40 p.m. And uh, we, we talk about the faith that we have. But how many times do we go to a church and we hear the pastor talk about doubt? And so three weeks ago, talked about doubt. You can listen to that if you want. Um, and then last week was just really just refreshing, okay? In a whole new spin. And, and basically what, what I want to do is this. I want to wrap all three weeks together, okay? Um, and, and here's where I want to go today is a little different. Um, come on, load page, load page iPad is being very Samsung-like right now. Give me one second. Load. Load. There we go. Um, but I want to say this. Last week, we looked at mental health. And I told you, I'd never been in a church that looked at mental health. Today, I'm going to talk about something that I've never heard in a church before in my entire life. And then next week, usually I, I want to like have you have a cliffhanger, but for uh, safety of your kids' ears and things, I want to kind of give you a little preview of where we're headed next week, and uh, we are, we're talking about sexuality next week, okay? And so a lot of times, for whatever reason in the church, we don't talk about it a lot. I don't know why. I don't, I don't know what the big deal is, because can, can I just say this? For every single one of you here, if it wasn't for sex, none of us would be here, okay? Some of you are like, I don't get it. Well, you should, okay? Um, <laughs> Just saying, man. So, so you can learn sex different ways. You can learn, you know, in, in the, on the bus. Um, that's one way. Uh, my, my kid came home and said, Dad, what, what, is, what is this word? And I said, what word? And it, the r- word rhymes with duck. And I said, oh. Um, and, I, and I just said the word back to him. And I said, well, that means this and that and this and that. And, and we were at the state fair together. I, I bring my boys every year. And I said, you know what? Let's just get this out in the open. I said, here's all the curse words. I'm going to share them with you. And so I just started sharing them. I was, and Isaac's looking at me like, Dad, really? Really? And all the people around me, they have no idea I'm a pastor because I, mean, I would have been judged. And I'm just like, this is what they mean. This is what it is. And they're like, okay, thanks. And we just, you know, we got some cheese curds. It was good. Um, so I say this next week is going to be family friendly. Okay? It's, it's kind of like PG-12. So if your kids are fifth grade and under, I'm encouraging you now, all right, to do this. You're going to want them to hang out in kids' church next week, all right? Because I want to hit on topics that people have already asked me about. And so if you're going, Pastor, no one ever talks about fill in the blank. We're going to talk about that next week. Now, if you're not bold enough to be here, watch it online, you chicken. All right, so here's what I want to say. And I really mean this. I've never done this. This is probably the only time I'll ever do this. If you have a uh, smartphone with you, if you're on Facebook or Instagram or anything like that, I want to ask you just in the next two seconds, 
If you know people on there, I want you to invite them to be part of our service right now, and here's why. Uh, go ahead and do that right now if, if, if you can, if you want to invite them. It's on Facebook Live right now. If you're online watching, this isn't just for us here within these four walls. It's for you too today because I firmly believe that today's message could change your life if you want it to. It doesn't have to do with me. It has to do with God's Word and what He can do because He's alive. Can I hear good amen? Come on. All right? I haven't even had caffeine yet. Um, so, so next week, about sex. Today... We're going to take a little different direction, and I'm really excited because I think it's something that we all deal with, or all, we all know somebody that's dealt with it, okay? John chapter 16, verse 33, I'll put this verse up on the screen for you. It says this, I have told you, this is Jesus' words, I've told you these things so that in me, in Jesus, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, thanks Jesus for the kind words, but take heart, I've overcome the world. That's Jesus. That's the God in whom we serve. So let me ask you this question, Dave. Kind of set the platform, if you will. How many of you, and I want you to raise your hands. I, seriously, if you're like, you don't ever raise your hand in church, I want you to raise your hand in church. How many of you know someone who is or was a wreck because of an addiction? I see almost every single hand right now. Now, I don't want you to put your hand up for this next question. Don't put it up. How many of you are one of those wrecks? You don't have to put your hand up. Now, it's all of us to some degree. You might say, well, I've never dealt with some weird, funky addiction, you know? But it's not just cocaine addicts. It's not just, you know, illicit sex addicts. It's not just people who are addicted to gambling. It's not just alcohol addicts. Here's the deal, real simple. To get us all on the same plate, you know, same page, so we're not judging. Well, I, I never dealt with anything in my life. I'm, I'm goody two-shoes. No, no, we all do, and here's what it is. Addiction is simply this. It's anything that I do that I don't want to do, but I can't stop doing it. It's all an addiction is. Every single one of us has an addiction somewhere. We all have stuff in our life. If we didn't, man, okay, you're still sucking wind. You got life in you, all right? So all of us somewhere, we have something that we don't, that we don't want to do, and we don't know how to figure it out. You might say, well, I, I don't know what I have. It could be a way you respond to somebody. It could be a way you deal with something. It could be, you know, stuff and junk from your past that you haven't dealt with and you don't want to deal with. Okay, but other people see those patterns in your life. It could be any of those things. It could be cocaine. It could be marijuana. It could be pornography. It could be any of that stuff. All of us have something, every single one of us. And so we're going to level the playing field of judgment this morning. Can I hear a good amen? All right, that was really good. Man, we need the Vikings to go to the championship more often. You guys are like fired up today. I love this. This is, this is, the, this is a preaching audience. Come on, somebody. I'm going to get Southern Baptist in a moment. It's going to be great. All right, so here's the deal. Here's the deal. If the thing you were not addicted to was not in your life, or the thing, whatever it is, maybe it's the way you respond, maybe it's something in your life. I want you to think about that thing right now, whatever it is. If it wasn't in your life, you know your life would be better. We all have something like that. Every single one of us. Could be an addiction to anger. Could be addiction to Netflix, okay? It could be an addiction to your phone. Oh, you're stepping on toes this morning, Pastor Chris. How many know somebody with an addiction? Don't raise your hand. You raise it with your phone, wouldn't you? I know, I know. The things that we think we can't live without though you know what ends up happening they end up controlling our very lives they do okay what well, it could be food come on somebody all right it could be it could be shopping come on my wife all right it could be it could be work 
she's not addicted to shopping. We just end up doing it on every date we go on for whatever reason. Um, could be sports. You know, maybe you got a spread in Vegas today for tonight's game, all right? You don't have the Jags picked or the Vikings picked, you lose. All right, so the Bible, though, is very honest about this, all right? Very honest. And if you don't like football references, you're going to have to deal with me today because i got lots of them, all right? Um, Romans chapter 7, verse 21 through 24. Paul's really honest about it. He says this. Apostle Paul, the guy we put up on the high mighty that wrote two-thirds of the whole New Testament, he says this. Come on, I love this. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, come on, somebody, this is for you today. Evil is right there with me. It's not talking about your spouse. It's talking about you, okay? Verse 22, for in my inner being, I delight in God's law. I, oh, I love God's law. I love the word. Ugh, but, ugh, big but right here. I see another law at work in me waging war against the law of my mind, we talked about that last week, and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. That's the Apostle Paul talking. That's truth right there. Come on, somebody. Is that truth? That is truth. So think about that area in your life right now. Think about it. Think about it. And this is what I want to say. I don't want, I don't want today to be another day. Nor to the purple. Okay? We just don't. Today could be your day. Like today could literally be your day. Well, Pastor, I've dealt with this addiction my whole life. It's habitual. I don't know how to deal with it. Shut that voice up. Because today we're going to listen to the voice of God and the voice of truth. Okay? And so today could be your day. All right? If you're listening online right now, today could be your day. So shut up. You got to listen to the voice of truth. Okay? And so anytime that we deal with a topic like this, anytime... I believe what we have to do is we have to expose the lies of addiction and then we have to reveal and see the truth for what it is. So I want to do that this very morning. Let, let, me, let me say this. There are a bunch of lies that we believe when it comes to addictions. We all believe them. You might not even realize it. Let me give you the first one here. First addiction lie. That your addiction is your identity. You think your addiction defines you. Maybe it's to alcohol. Maybe you've been struggling. Now, I'm not saying there's something wrong with having a beer now and then or anything like that. Pastor Derek and I cannot. We have to sign a covenant with our denomination that we won't drink. Most Everybody else in this room, I think, doesn't have to do that. Now, if you get drunk constantly, you're dealing with alcoholics, you know, and you're an alcoholic. You have that issue that's going on. You know, if, if you can't stop looking at pornography, that's an issue. You're, you're, you're addicted to this. If you're going, man... You always respond angry or bitter towards somebody. You're addicted to that behavior. It's all of it. If you're like, if you're like right now, you're tuned into some Netflix or Amazon Prime show, you're probably addicted to it, you know? You're, you're sucked in. But what happens is we end up realizing we think our addiction defines who we are. It identifies us. And so what happens is we start to internalize it, okay? Can I just say this though? In the sight of God, in his eyes, you are not what you have done. In God's eyes, you're not what you have done. You've got to realize that. Too. That's the truth speaking. Okay? God sees you for who you really are. And even beyond that, he sees you for the potential that he created you with. You have it. I pray today is your day and that you realize it for the first time. That today is the day. If, if you've been stuck in this thing over and over, Today is your day. You know, 90, 90% of all guys deal with pornography. 90%. 70% of all women do. Okay? That's a majority. Today could be the day of freedom for that. 
There's not condemnation. There's not judgmental. It's going, let's be free, okay? God sees your potential. See yourself through his eyes, maybe for the first time. Number two, second lie is this. Some of you are going to relate to this really quick. When I try to quit and I fail, I feel hopeless. Don't raise your hand, but how many can relate to that? Come on. If you've tried something over and over, you've tried to get rid of that food addiction, you've tried to lose the weight, you've tried to get rid of the pornography, you've tried to quit your nicotine addiction maybe that you have, you've tried to, you know, quit the monster drink that you're just, you need the caffeine, you know, whatever it might be, you start feeling increasingly hopeless and you feel like you have no hope of changing, even though you want to. Now, is there anything wrong with having caffeine from time? No, Okay. And sometimes I think what happens is we go, it didn't work, and so there's no way out. There is a way, okay? Can I just say this? As long as we serve a God who can raise the dead, you are never hopeless. I'm going to prove it to you right now with just a real short clip that we are never hopeless. steps into it, passes, a little stretched there, but you know what happened, because how many have watched that over and over this week? You know who you are. You know who you are. <laughs> you're addicted to that clip, aren't you? And how many are tired of Joe Buck, and you're just listening to Paul Allen the whole week long? We're in good company this morning. We have the same addiction, all right? What if we lived our life like that? You're down 24, 23, and you only got 10 seconds left. What if we lived our life all the time like that, where God God has got that Hail Mary for you, okay? These weren't in my notes last week, by the way. Number three addiction lie. Any threat to your addiction is a threat to you. Any threat to your addiction is a threat to me. Okay, here it is. This is one of those points that's gonna be hard for you if this is true for you. Let me explain. Some of you, and I'm not here to call out names yet. I'm kidding, I won't do that. Some of you, have become so defensive of the thing you're messed up with or you're doing. You know, where your kids, they come up to you, hey, Dad, I really wish you would. Hey, Mom, I really wish you would. And they say, and they see it in you. And they speak it out, but you're going, I don't really have a, a problem, and we deny it. That's a lie. That's a lie, okay? It's not hopeless. It's not a threat against you. It's because people around you love you. They want the best for you. We've got to realize that. Can I just say, you'll never be free until you realize you have an addiction in the first place to something. You won't. can't happen. And you've got to realize that the people around you are actually for you when they bring it up. They're not against you. I don't know anybody that's that cruel or mean. They're for you. They're like, man, I just want, I want to see you have help. I want to walk alongside with you. And can I just say, that that's the church this is. That's the bridge. Okay, you want to, what's the bridge all about? We're going to wrap hands with you. Come in here and say, Pastor, I made a mistake. I committed adultery. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to wrap my heart, hands around you. I'm going to give you a big hug and I'm going to say, I love you. Now let's figure this out. Let's walk through this together. You know, Pastor, I, I'm addicted to fill in the blank and I can't figure it out. I'm going to walk through with you. Let's figure this out together. If anyone ever has felt condemned <clears throat> or condemnation, Within this church, that is not the church in which we want represented. Okay? We want to be a church of Christ. That's what we want. 
Number four. Number four lie. The addiction causes me to lose my life. In other words, this is past hopelessness, past the point of no return. What's the truth? It's always reconcilable. Always. God ain't done, man. He's not moving. And I believe God can do more in your life than he has in the prior parts of it. Right now, I believe that for every single person. And like I said, if you're sucking the air right now, if you're still here, you're not past the point of return. God wants to utilize you. God can turn every bad thing around. You didn't lose your life. You could actually begin it today. Do you want to? Do you want to? I don't want this to be another message I'm preaching. Ooh, we feel great. We go home and watch the game. Can you allow God to change you and transform you in this area today? Let him. The last lie is this. Number five. I can ease the pain by getting my next fix. <clears throat> Here's what happens. When I was nine years old, I watched my mom and dad. They were, they were alcoholics beyond belief. I watched some things happen in my life that I wish I could unwatch in my eyes. And there was times I was scared. And my parents, they wanted to get sober. And so they went to a place in Anoka um, that really helped save their lives. It was called River Place Counseling Center. Some of you might be familiar with it. And went there. I was nine years old. And, and they really helped them get rid of their, you know, their drinking issue. But here's what it did. I walked in there, and all of a sudden, they went from being addicted to that to either, like, caffeine. Like, I've never seen so many people drink coffee in my life like that, more than we do here Sunday morning, okay? Like, it was bad. Or, or nicotine addiction. It was like they didn't have the freedom from addiction. They just transferred it from one thing to the other, thinking, now that'll solve this. Well, that didn't work. Now I'm going to go to this. And what happens is we never get to the actual issue of what we're dealing with. God wants to, okay? You know, I, and, and here's the deal. Some of you feel comfort in the thing itself. Some of you feel comfort in pornography. It doesn't talk back. Some of you feel comfort in, in the drugs that you're addicted to. Some of you feel comfort in the alcohol because it's like, just ease me, have my glass of wine at the end of the day. I'm good. Let's get the bubble back. You know, it becomes, it can become an addiction. Can I just say this though? It's not actually easing it. It's masking. Let me, let me show you this. And what happens is, I'm not here to put shame on you. You end up putting shame on yourself. It's shame on top of shame on top of shame because you're going, oh, hopeless like there's not a way out. Look what Paul says. We read on here, Romans. He says, in verse 24, the last part of it, in 25, he doesn't know what to do anymore. He's dealing with something. We don't know exactly what it is. But he says, who's going to rescue me from this body that's subject to death? Who's going to do it? And finally, he's like, I got the answer. Verse 25. <clears throat> Thanks be to who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's that simple. Paul tried everything. He couldn't figure it out. <clears throat> God can do things in you that you don't have the power to do. That's how big of a God he is. If you're with me, say yeah. Okay, yeah. we live a life of contradictions. How many agree with that? If you agree with that, say yeah. yeah. We live a life of contradictions. Follow this. Where we want to serve Christ, don't we? With all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, but then we have this pulling that takes place because we're influenced by sin to do something different. If you're a Christ follower, you're going, I want to serve Jesus with all my heart. But we have this influence constantly of sin that's taken us the other way. And so our prayer needs to be this, not, not God help me with this issue, but God help me become a new person. God help me become a new person. Paul goes on, now remember in the Bible, when it was first written, there wasn't chapters and verses. It was written as one whole unit per book 
to just follow along. So Paul continues on here in chapter 8. And he says, therefore, there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You dealt with pornography. You dealt with lust. You dealt with cigarettes that you're addicted to. You dealt with alcohol you're addicted to. Drugs you're addicted to. Painkillers you're addicted to. You dealt with the anger that you're addicted to. The Netflix show you're addicted to. You know what? I'm not here to condemn you, nor is Jesus. He's not going, shame on you, shame on you. That's not the church and that's not the voice of God. God says, there's no condemnation. None! But I'm screwed up, God! He's like, so join the club, you know? You know, I I love when somebody comes up to me and they're they're kind of snubby towards church. I'm not going to go to church because it's filled with a bunch of hypocrites. You know what I tell them? Yeah, and there's always room for one more, buddy. (laughs) I still haven't had my caffeine yet. Every person should feel free to say this. They should feel free to say there's no condemnation. For some of you, you can't even say it because you feel guilt and you feel shame. I don't want to be a church. Tell me if you get this. I don't want to be a church where you feel like you got to put your Sunday on. Some of you put your Sunday on this morning, didn't you? Some of you had like the worst time in the car on the way to church this morning. You wanted to literally throw your kids out to the curb on the way here, Okay. Or was that just the pastor and his wife? No, okay. <clears throat> Some of us have had that. And then we show up like we got it all together. Why? Because we're afraid of the shame. We're afraid that the church isn't going to be who the church is meant to be. We've been hurt before by other churches, by other people. It's time for a change. Come on, somebody, all right? You know, I, I have a, a pastor that I know, and a lady walked up to him and, and said, Pastor, this is a big church. The church is over 20,000 people. And the lady came up to the pastor and said, Pastor, I need help. And he said, well, what, what is it? And she's like, I have an issue, and, and I want to know if you would counsel me. The pastor said, absolutely, I'll counsel you. But he said, I, I don't recognize you. Church 20,000, pretty easy not to recognize everybody. And he just asked her, he said, you know, well, how long have you been coming? And she just said, well, this isn't my home church. I actually go to the church just up the road a few blocks. The pastor's like, what? And like, okay, he's like, million-dollar question, elephant in the room. Then why aren't you going to your church? And she just said, well, then they're going to know what's wrong with you. I want you to know I don't care what you did yesterday. When you walk in these doors, I'm still going to throw my arms around and give you a high five or a fist bump or whatever you're comfortable with. Um, that's the church. That's the church. If someone is going through a struggle in life, can we put our arms around them? Can we love them? Can we walk with them? Until we normalize all this and we get on the same playing field, what's going to happen to all of us is we're going to continue to go to the world for answers, not God. And can I just tell you, the world doesn't have the answers you're looking for. I've been there. It doesn't. I've tried it. It's sucky, man. It doesn't work. God's never going to say to you, man, you're just a mess. There's nothing I can do with that mess. No, no, no. He'll convict. Oh, yeah, he'll convict you. He'll convict you that you are a mess. But then what he does is he says, now here's the way out. Here's the way out. Here's what to do. Addiction, 100% of the time, does the following. Every time I've ever seen it, and I've lived it, I'll share a little bit of my story, I'm not going to share it all. Every time addiction becomes the big churchy word, it becomes an, an idol. Now I'm not talking, you've seen Survivor, right? The little idol they get. I'm not talking that kind of idol. An idol, all an idol is, is this. It's something that grips us other than the living God. It's all an idol is. Anything that grips us other than that 
okay? It is something that has taken place in our hearts that we allow to sit on the throne of our hearts other than God, and it has the power to control us. If you were here Christmas Eve Eve night, you remember we had the nativity set up here, and I said, you've got to put Christ at the center. That was the whole message for the evening. In idols, in an addiction, it's not just an addiction. It becomes a passion. It becomes so passionate about it that we actually start to imitate the very thing that we're doing that we don't want to do. We become like it. We always, always become a slave to whatever is on our hearts. That's what Paul calls it. If you're a Christian, you're a slave to righteousness because Christ was on his heart. Christ was at the center. So let me give you the truths. Here's three of them, three addiction truths. Now, this is, this is where the rubber hits the road. Number one is this. Settle who is king of your heart. You've got to settle it. You will have no success until you settle who is king of your heart first. You will be so frustrated until you dethrone what's on your heart and put Christ back where he belongs. He will not take any other place. He won't. He won't. And addictions we think are physical or emotional or behavioral. It's part of it. But one thing we don't ever talk about is how addictions are spiritual. You won't get to a place to overcome it until you put a new king on it. You won't. You've got to put a new king on it. And so putting Christ as king of your heart, you know what that is? It's real simple. That's the whole definition of salvation. You want to know Jesus? No, Christ permits the center of your heart. You receive eternal life. It's that simple. And I like simple. I like simple. The first commandment, remember what it says? Have no other gods. No others. You see, here's the deal. Christianity, you want a perfect life? Christianity is not it. Christianity is messy. <clears throat> but we have to say to Jesus, you can take place in my heart. And in our hearts, we are called to set Christ apart as Lord. Look at what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. He says this. Worship Christ as Lord in your hearts. As Lord over us. That's how we're to do it. You see, the other lowercase gods, you know what they will do? They will bow to the real one if we will give God the place he deserves. You know, last week I I shared this. We looked at mental health and I, I said our mood, the first five to ten minutes of every day, sets our mood for the entire rest of the day. It's scientifically proven. And so those first five to ten minutes of the day, I would encourage you, put Christ as the center of your heart. Read a little bit. This morning I woke up at 4.43. I didn't want to, but I did. Woke up at 4.43, so I grabbed my Bible. I read scripture. I prayed. I was praying for you. I was praying for today. No offense, I wasn't really praying for the game. It's not me, but I was praying for you. I was saying, God, I I want a movement. I want to see change. You know, let me know if my prayer get answered. Because that's how I started my day. And I was thinking about you, praying about you. At the church. You know, our fast, today is day 21 of our fast. <clears throat> Why do we do it at the beginning of the year? It's the third year we've done this. Because we're telling God we want to give him our first. The first part of the year, the first 21 days. Now, some of you have prayed and fasted differently, which is awesome. Today, we get to celebrate with finishing that fast with whatever it is for you. We're giving it. We're putting him as king over the church. We're saying, God, it's yours. God, it's yours. And here's what's really interesting. You, know, you talk about the tithe, you know, that's the first fruit it's called in the Bible, giving 10%. It's, we, we talk about, you know, you see the firstborn in the Bible. Can I just say this? And, and I, don't, I don't have the answer why to you. I really don't. But throughout the entire Word of God, both Old Testament and New Testament, God 
always, 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 always blesses what's first. Every time. Every time. So what would that do if we had him first place in our heart? Number two, addiction truth. <clears throat> Learn to say no. Try with me. No. One more time. No. No. Let's try it two more times. That was okay, but let's see if we can get this really good. Let's see if we can get this really good. Um, are the Eagles going to win? Try it. No. Okay. Let's try, try it again. Are the Patriots going to win? No. All right. So much better. Much better that time. So you've got to learn to say no, not just to football. You've got to learn to say no to your flesh. Your flesh is like your, your desires. You've got to tell your flesh no. You know what? We have our soul, okay, that's really... Um, our emotions, we have our spirit that's connected to God, and then we have our flesh. Our flesh is the things that we want that are worldly all the time. And each and every single one of them wants your throne on your heart. They're fighting for first place. <clears throat> and it's really, really easy to give it into our flesh. What if we didn't? What if we said no? What if we told our appetite for whatever that addiction is, whatever that thing is, no? Okay? Whether it's social media, no. No matter what it is, that thing doesn't have power over me. No, I'm not going to let sin reign in me. No. You don't work on your problems, okay? Stay with me as the worship team's coming up, okay? They're coming up early because we're going to do a song at the end of service here. So stay with me, stay with me. If you're with me, say yeah. Okay, awesome, awesome. Don't work on your problems. <clears throat> you got to kill them. You got to kill them, okay? You have to kill what they are. <clears throat> for 20 years close to 20 years I have had to learn to say no 18 years it's how you break addictive behavior no you can't have it I have to say it in my flesh over and over again you know some of you during this time you haven't fasted or prayed and I'm not mad at you but I just hope you'd see what God can do if, if you do it's incredible from the age of fifth grade, and I'm being very real with you right now, being transparent, okay, very vulnerable right now. From the age of fifth grade up until February of 2001, and I struggled with pornography. It was huge, man. It was one of the biggest things I ever dealt with in my life. But you heard me say February of 2001, so don't get sad right now, okay? I have walked in victory of never looking at anything pornographic since February of 2001. Come on, man, that deserves some glory. I was addicted. It was awful stuff, man. It sucks you in. And if you're in it, you're in good company. But can I say you've got to learn to say no to the flesh. There's a way out. There is a way out. I know some of you feel hopeless. <clears throat> I, I want you to see my story. It's a miracle. Well, are you never tempted anymore? Do you never have it? No, guys, we're, you know, I'm a, I'm a guy. Of course there's going to be temptation, but it's what you do with that temptation, how you live it out, all right? Let me give you one thing here that I want you to remember. I, I don't care if you remember anything else this morning, okay? But I want you to get this right now. I want to give you two things here, and we're going to close in just a moment. The first is this. Remember this, right? right this is it. Like, if you're going to, what, what do I need to remember today? I want you to remember this for the rest of your life. Whatever you starve dies. Think about that just for a moment. Now I'm going to give you the third one. Third truth 
you got to go all in. Okay? I know it's cliche. Go big or go home. you got to go all in. You can't go half-seas on this. All right? Well, I'll just look at a little bit. I'll just, I'm just going to drink, you know, half a case. I'm just going to, you know, three car. I, no, wait, when do we say, I'm going to say no to my flesh? You'll never get the best of God halfway. You know, and, and I hear people say to me all the time, Pastor Chris, that Christianity stuff, it didn't work for me. It, it didn't work. You didn't go all in. Because if you read the word of God, if you take it and you look at it and you study it, you come to worship nights and you just soak in God's presence, I guarantee you cannot leave unchanged. You can't. Go all in. Man, when I first gave my life to Christ at the age of 17, anytime the church was open, I was there. I was one week born again Christian, leading, leading kids and youth. I shouldn't have been, but I was because I was so in love with Jesus. I was so passionately just like, it, it just hooked me and it hasn't stopped to this day. That's why I do what I do, you know? And, and I just want that so bad for you, you know? Maybe you're like, church is one thing you do. You are the church. Be here, okay? Be a part of a small group. Tithe, give it a test. I'll tell you what, if you tithe, and I don't care if you go to the bridge or another church, I'm not, I don't care about the money. Here's the deal. Tithe, and if you don't see God open up the floodgates and blessing, I'll tell you what, I'll have Amy, our bookkeeper, we'll return it. He wants to test you in this. Will you be faithful? I'm telling you, it works. Fix your attention on God. What would the rest of your life look like? And from this point forward, you went all in. You said no to the flesh. You realized it wasn't hopeless. You realized God had an answer for you. Let me close with this. Readily recognize what God wants from you and just do it. Come on, Nike, just do it, all right? Now, I told you two things I want you to remember. Here they are. First thing, whatever you starve dies. So think of that addiction. Think of the thing I told you to think about at the beginning of service or if you're watching online, whatever that thing is. Whatever you starve dies. But number two, whatever you feed thrives. What are you going to feed? This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.